on what's going on how's it hanging how's it happening you guys know this is kevin from the chord progression podcast the podcast inspiring young rock and metal fans to discover new music allowing them to find a place where they can connect and be accepted that's this community so welcome in to the core progression podcast everybody this episode is an episode where the conversation went into something that all fans and all bands should definitely take a listen to because we dive into the reality of touring and the economics of it i know that's kind of be like oh economics that's scary but trust me this is an incredible conversation and it helps you understand about how to support your favorite bands the best we can to make sure they come to your area. Before we jump in, I want to thank for this podcast which comes from Phoenix Fitness. Yeah, I even got the shirt on today too. How about that? So you guys know my favorite things to do are this podcast and of course, mosh pits, baby. And how do I like to mosh? I like to mosh from the beginning of the first band to the end of the last band. No breaks in between. Hard hitting as all as possible. So I need to make sure that I'm what I like to call mosh pit fit. Yeah. So what is that? That's me having enough stamina, enough cardio to go the distance and never stop, along with having the strength to be able to deliver the hits and also withstand some of those hits from the, some of the big dudes. Nate. Always have to call him out on that one. So I'm constantly in the gym a lot, lifting, doing a lot of cardio, make sure I am mosh pit fit and hitting those fitness goals. But also make to make sure my body is prepared right and recovering right from those workouts so I can achieve those fitness goals and keep getting after it day after day. After it, after it day after day. And that's where Phoenix Fitness comes in because they're going to help you achieve their fitness goals with many types of products such as their pre-workouts, both stim and stim free blends. I use their stim free stuff because, guys, I got way too much energy. I don't need any extra like caffeine or stimulants in my body to make me go, Ooh. They also have different types of BCLA recovery compounds up your muscles absorb nutrients post-workout, different types of creatine up your muscle, different types of protein up your muscle, collagen-based protein, plant-based protein, whey-based protein. I use their chocolate malt whey-based protein, go with chocolate malt flavor because that's good stuff. Multivitamins, literally anything you might need to achieve your fitness goals, Phoenix Fitness has for you. So our listeners and viewers on YouTube, that's you guys right there, can get 20% using code CPP20 at epidexhealth.com. Links in the description of the podcast. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Now time for feature presentation. This one is something that I am just blown away by. We have Will from the band Earshot on the podcast. And again, you want to know the best way to support a band and make sure they come to your area and come play a live show in front of you guys? This is the one for you. The secrets in the episode. Are you ready? Let's go! Yeah! Well, 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 ladies and boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression Podcast. This is going to be a fun one, especially if you're one of those hard rock aficionados, which I bet you are because you're listening to this podcast and that's likely what you are. Hard rock, metal, whatever, in between, you know you're going to like this one. You have likely heard this band's music if you've been playing video games around the world over the past like 20 years because their music has appeared in many different games, including the Madden 05 soundtrack, and they have a brand new single called Unraveling out now for you guys to go check out. But instead of trying to pump them up even more and get you ready for Unraveling, how about we take a couple of minutes? and talk to the guy himself who made this whole entire thing possible. So please welcome Will from the band Earshot to the podcast. So Will, welcome to the Core Progression Podcast. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. Good to see you too, man. How has everything been going in your world as of late? As you know, new singles out, world all opened back up again, you know, three years post-COVID. Just how's everything going in your world, man? Uh, Good. We're, you know, we're slowly putting things back together. Uh, As you just said, we just released Unraveling, which is, I I think is our fourth single in the last few years. Um, just uh, making plan. We're going to Florida, which is where half the band lives. We're going out there in a couple months. We're going to start uh, recording what is going to be our next full length album, because we we've heard a lot of people uh, comment and message to us how they really really would like a full length record. So we're going to do that. 
And then uh, I've also been spending uh, the last, I don't know, month and a half, two months uh, with our booking agent, uh, booking some a little small fall run that we're going to do, uh, I think, in September. So between that, uh, writing for a new record and making arrangements to meet up with everybody, it's been it's been pretty busy. I would assume so, just all the logistics around there, trying to get schedules lined up, trying to get studio time lined up, and then working to put together a fall run for you guys so that you can go around and hit all these different places to potentially see people and play in front of people that maybe haven't seen you in in years or haven't had a chance to even see you in in years or even at all at this point and finally give them a chance like, okay, we get to go out, we get to see Earshot play live, we get to really get to embrace it, enjoy it, and then all those people that are commenting, just saying, hey, we'd like a full-length record, hey, man, where's the full-length, hey, man, where's the new album? Well, it's kind of like, well, we want to do this, so we're going to give you what you want, everybody, and you better be ready for it. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, it's, like I said, it's going to be a, a quick little three-week run. Uh, we're not going to be able to hit the whole country just yet, but uh, next year is the 20th anniversary of our second album, too. And so we're planning on, you know, doing a pretty extensive anniversary run for that record next year. So that'll that'll cover we were thinking is going to cover most of the most of the country. So whatever we don't hit this fall, we'll we'll hit next year. See, now you're making me more excited for the possibility of that, just thinking about what could possibly be with, you know, if I don't get to see you on this fall run or a lot of people don't get to see you on this fall run and get the comments of when that, you know, tour releases for fall, the three-week one, get, oh, why aren't you coming to my city? Why aren't you coming to my town? Why aren't you coming in our area? Well, hold on, hold your horses. Two's got its 20th year anniversary next year, and there's going to be a much larger tour behind that to really get your chance to go out and see it. So if you don't, if you don't get that chance in 2023, you're definitely going to get that chance in 2024. If you don't see any place near you, that's kind of like, you know, on that nice little tour bill. Yep. And you know, the other thing too, that I want to mention so that people understand is because we get a lot of messages, you know, wondering why certain cities get skipped over and it's not just us, other bands that mm-hmm. we know get the same messages and comments as well, but it all boils down to demand. And if, you know, there, if there's enough people, you know, that want to see us or any band, um, we'll go there. And a lot of that is determined. We look at different things. We look at, you know, social medias is a big one. You know, we're looking at where we're getting asked to come play. Uh, we know where, where most of the demand is. We're looking at, we're looking at information from Spotify. We're looking at information from Apple music and all the streaming companies to kind of see, you know, where the people are, that are really listening to us and and wanting to see us. So just a little FYI for for people out there listening uh, that really want to get whoever their favorite bands is, whether it's us or another band, that's that's the way to do it. That is something that I think may have been brought up on this podcast one or two other times in a bare minimum kind of style, but just kind of thinking about it in that aspect, especially from my standpoint as a fan, there's plenty of bands I want to see and plenty of bands I want to have come by me. But at times it's like a lot of them sometimes skip me. I'm not in the worst position with that though, because I know anywhere within a two hour drive for me, I'm going to be able to see him because it's very likely a band's not going to skip out on going to Chicago, given especially with its prominence more in rock and metal with all the fans that are there and with how big of a city it is as a whole. So I, for me, I'm like, I'm pretty good. But when it comes to a lot of other people, you have, it's, again, it's all about economic supply and demand. 
if you're if you're able to voice that demand to have bands come out by you, if you're supporting them through streaming, if you're supporting them through you know conversations on social media, supporting them just through word of mouth to get even more conversations going on social media as well. You know, bands are doing analytics on that. They're not the the um. The information is at your disposal right now to use. So you're making your best choices when it comes to where to play, where you know you're going to get the best crowds, you're going to get the largest crowds. And with the increased costs in touring, with the increased cost of literally everything right now, you have to make those choices to make sure that none of these tours are worthwhile for you to go on. But, you know, this is your livelihood. This is this is how you make money. You got to make sure that you can be able to make money off of this so that you can continue doing what you're doing, doing what you love and creating the music that we're going to connect with. Right. And, you know, it's uh, you, you've touched upon it's the economics of it. I mean, things are a lot more expensive now than they were pre pandemic. Everything's everything's pretty much doubled in price. Buses have doubled in price. Uh, you know, bus drivers have almost doubled in price. Fuel, as we know, is up pretty high. Hotels have gone up almost double in price. Um, you know, just on this little fall run that we're doing, which is, I think, three weeks, uh, it's going to cost us around just to give people an idea, like a real world idea, it's going to cost us at a minimum just to operate, just to just to have a bus and the driver and fuel. It's going to cost us about fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars a day. So it's it's expensive to to be out there and and tour. So it's very much uh, we very much all artists and bands, managers, booking agents are looking at all the analytics, all of the information where our fans are, where like I said, we're fans are listening to us we're looking at social media we're looking at where people are that are following us we're looking at where people are that are commenting sharing all of these things contribute you know to all bands not just stars about where we go and unfortunately where we can't go see it just you when you're bringing up those figures and when i was in i i went to college i actually studied economics as my major so a lot of this stuff is rather interesting from my perspective and when you're saying all this stuff has been doubling in price, whether it's, you know, bus rentals, bus drivers, fuel, just all these different as hotels, even all these different aspects when it comes to bands being on the road, traveling just to get from one spot to the next so that they can play the show to the best of their ability that next day. It's something that, you know, as fans, we don't really fully understand because we're not in that world. We're not in depth with it as much as you. And it's not something that as as not readily talked about continuously compared to some of the other things, because it's it's a business thing. And people, especially when it comes to music, they're so connected with the art. They're so connected with the overall emotion that's behind it. That's the thing that's going to be important about to get more fans to come in there to really bring that conversation and connect with them on a whole. But now when people get to understand that, just think about it from a three-week run, that's about, you know, we'll just say, tw even though it's 21 days, let's go 20 days, $1,500 to $2,000 a day, that's between just for those three weeks, thirty dollars to $40,000 just for transportation, the bus driver, and for fuel alone. And now you have to understand, okay, that's a huge chunk of money. I mean, that might be what people are making within a year, and you guys have to spend that in three weeks on three different aspects. So you have to make sure that when you're going out to these shows, you're going to places that are going to have the best ticket sales, that are going to have the best fan engagement, and are going to create the best opportunity for you to not only make your money back, but make a profit in a time when prices keep going up, inflation is running rampant, 
And when it comes to bands trying to get back out on the road and tour, I mean, there's still such a large demand for it that you're also trying to fight with all these other bands, not only for spots on tour, but also for people's attention at the same time. Not everyone's able to go to every single concert, no matter how hard they try. And I know because I try to go to every single one of them that I can. And there's sometimes I just can't do it because I either don't have the money or I can't be in three places at once. Right, right. And that's the thing. And then the other side of it, too, is you have promoters at venues you know, a lot of, you know, where we go is determined on, you know, what a promoter thinks that, uh, how well it's going to do. And again, they're looking at the same information we are, you know, we'll use Chicago where you're at as an example, mm -hmm. a promoter in Chicago is going to look and they're going to, they're going to look in the analytics to see how many people are listening to earshot in Chicago, where the streams, where are the comment, are there, what's the activity like in this area that that sort of gives them an idea on whether they can afford to pay for any band to come in and do the show because they don't it's a risk for them too if the, if the show doesn't sell well then then it costs them money and if a if it costs the promoter money then then the band's probably likely not going to come back because they lost money on it so it's it's a really difficult you know balance that's constantly ongoing that, you know, most people aren't aware of and why would they be? I mean, it's, it's not something that uh, you would really probably take any interest in unless you were in a band touring. But, um, but I like to talk about it whenever possible, just because a lot of people wonder why certain markets get skipped over. And it's not because we don't like going to those markets. It's just, it's economics, pure economics. And, and um, you know, promoters being comfortable with the, the you know the price of coming out there i'll tell you that on this uh three week tour that we're going out on uh we're going out basically just to cover expenses we're not even trying to we're all okay we're not trying to make any money we're trying to get the machine started back up again so we're not looking uh to make any profits really personally but it's still, you know, for promoters, it's still it's still a risk for them. They still have to open the doors. They still have to pay people to come in and, you know, bartend and run security and run sound and run lights and have loaders. And so there's it's not just about you know having paying a band to come in. It's it's also an expenditure for them to even open the doors to a venue. So, um, but yeah, that's a bunch of stuff that you know that those are the things that keep me up at night. You know, trying to maintain that balance and watch watch the uh the finances so that you know we don't bury ourselves in a hole but it's smart to talk about that stuff too and really also i understand why it keeps you up at night but it's smart to talk about that for a number of reasons one is think about any band that's trying to anybody that's trying to be in a band start a band or trying to have those or has those dreams of going out on the road touring and doing all this other stuff it's this is the types of conversations that need to be had because Every time we think about, you know, as a fan or just, you know, we're dreaming going out on the road, going and touring, being a musician, it's something where we're thinking about the cool stuff, the sexy stuff, the stuff that really gets that serotonin rolling in your brain. But when you really boil it down, you have to get down to the tougher pieces of it. 
the, the, the logistics of it, the economics of it, the whole entire money aspect of it, that's definitely not nearly as sexy unless you're rolling in the dough and you're just roll, having a great time in it. But for every band starting out, you know, it's going to be tight. It's going to be tough. So having these conversations so people know exactly what they might be getting into is something that needs to be done. And from the fans' perspective as well, it allows us to get a better idea of the things that you guys have to go through as a band, the things that other artists have to go through, the things that venues have to go through, and how all of these increase in costs, even as we see them ourselves in everyday lives, you're seeing them in everyday lives, but when it comes to going down the road, all of those costs are going up. And when we're complaining about ticket prices going up, of course, no one wants to see ticket prices skyrocket like they have, but there's also a thing where we can kind of sympathize a little more about the pain that, you know, you guys are feeling when you might not want it's when it comes to you guys having input on any ticket prices, maybe you might not want to raise those ticket prices as much because you want people not to be deterred by it and come in the door. But you have to because of the economics of it. The venue, the promoters have to do the exact same thing because no one wants to no one wants to put on a show and completely lose money on it and have this consistent venture where everyone's losing every time they come through because as a venue, then if that becomes your reputation, you're not going to last. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, at our, you know, at the level that we're going out on in the fall, you know, we're, these are smaller venues. So, um, ticket prices, you know, be very reasonable, but, you know, for some of the bigger tours, you know, the ones that are going into amphitheaters and arenas and stadiums, ticket prices are high because of the sheer size of the, the show, the production, the, the size of the stages, the lights, the, the screens, I mean, all that stuff is very, very expensive. And so, um, those those tours cost a lot more to run than you know for example our tour in the fall is going to be well we're just carrying a bus and our gear and and us basically so uh it's it's a little bit different an animal when you're talking about bigger shows but similarly with with recording music um you know it's 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 expensive to even you know record and put out a song every time that we've put out one of the singles that we've put out over the last few years has cost, you know, three to $4,000 to put out one song, you know, by the time you factor in, you know, studio time and equipment and, you know, paying someone to mix it, mastering it, then you got to pay a publicist. You got to pay all these different people to get things done that we're just simply not cut out to do. We don't know how to do them. So you have to hire people to do things that you don't know how to do. And it's like running a business. It's like running any other business a band is. And so when we're talking about, you know, the the idea of releasing and recording a whole album, remember I told you every single costs us three to four grand every time. Mm -hmm. So now times that by 10 or 12 songs, it's a, it's a big expenditure to, to get behind. So again, it goes back to the analytics. You know, how many people are listening to what we're doing? How many, you know, how many people are following us? How many people are asking for this? Is it financially worth, you know, it's not, it's not a question of, do we want to do it? We're writing and recording things all of the time, but when you're talking about putting them into production, you know, that's where, that's where it starts to, you know, money starts kicking in and you have to start paying for things. It's like, uh, you know, it's like a car manufacturer like they have people that are designing car ideas but once it goes into productions and they start melting metal and putting things in and starting out that's when things start to cost so it's no different for a band than any other business really and that's that's the one the one thing that um i think is sort of glossed over and lost upon you know people because 
again, why would they? It's 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 music. They're listening to the end product. It it doesn't really dawn on people the the amount of work that goes on behind the scenes to to get to that point. Yeah, it, it sort of falls under the guise of, you know, people don't want to see how the sausage is made. And this time, people don't want to really focus in on how the how much it takes to make that music and how much it takes to get it created, produced, put out there in the world. We want the end product because the end product can be the thing that we have to really listen to, that we have to hold on to. We have to connect with emotionally so we can connect with the artist, with the band even further. And when you're talking about, you know, say single, you know, three to $4,000 times 10 or 12 songs, that can range anywhere between, you know, $30,000 and $48,000 just to put out there. So of course, as a musician, of course, as an artist, you want to express yourself. You're always going to be right and you want to put this stuff out there. But then of course, there'll come a point in time that's not, you know, do you want to put this out there? But is it financially possible to put this out there the way that you want to put it out there? Because the last thing you want to do with your art is create something, write something, have this be this incredible piece of work, and then just throw it out there with terrible production because that's all you can afford and put it out there half-assed. You want to make sure this thing can be as best as possible for the best quality for what you're trying to put out there, what you want to have it sound like. And what's going to be best for the overall listener at that point as well. Again, thinking about from that business standpoint, it's as an artist, as, as a fan of music, a lot of people don't recognize the type, like when it comes to art, it is a business. When it comes to music, it is a business. So there's a lot of these financial decisions that have to be in play that we don't necessarily think about. But a lot of these financial decisions also work alongside us in our daily lives. Us with, if we have our own business, it's very similar to that kind of style, except we don't necessarily look at that because, again, we're just really focused in on what that end product is based on how emotionally attached we can be to it. Right. And that's and that's how it should be, quite honestly. But, um, you know, I talk about this just because I, it, I don't want people to think that, you know, we're just skipping over them because we don't give a shit or or it's not sexy enough for us. It's it really it really is just all about economics and are there enough people there to support, you know, us making the financial commitment, you know, to do the things that we do. And, and in this day and age, I mean, the music industry as a whole, you know, is in a really, and has been in a, you know, strange place. And uh, for every artist out there, unless you're Metallica or, mm -hmm. you know, a band of that size, uh, you know, the, the mid size and smaller bands are the ones that really have to think about, each move that they're making and have to be really calculated about it because one misstep could just, you know, can wreck one or a bunch of people financially. So it's, it's tough. It's a tough, like I said, it's a, it's a, it's a really delicate balance of things, but I mean, again, we love what we do. We love writing music and we'll always do that. And we'll keep putting it out there as long as people, uh, you know, keep, streaming and buying and showing up to shows we'll keep doing it and when that stops then we'll stop so at that point in time it doesn't even just apply to earshot it applies to every artist the all the artists that you like if you want to keep that artist going if you want to make sure that artists continue to succeed support them in the ways that you can talk to people about that artist post about them on social media create the buzz around them stream their stuff buy their stuff down their stuff show up to shows because that's the way that in the way in the world today, especially when it comes to art and music, that's the way we as fans show can show that support in terms of like votes of confidence and votes for, okay, keep them going, increase that demand. It's through 
being able to find a way to drive up their numbers through some sort of way that's going to be tracked. So again, social media posts, social media comments, uh, streams, or through any kind of monetary ways like buying a t-shirt, going out to the show, buying merch at the show, whatever it might be, ways to support the band. And there's ways where it's, of course, you can spend money, but there's also ways where it is free. And some of those free things, like we said, posting on social media, talking to your friends, it's a way to still create that demand that still is tangible, that still is tracked by these bands, that's going to help them make the decisions and continue to show that the demand is there and show that demand could very well be growing for their own music. It's a great way to be a part of helping a band that you really care about and you really connect with grow as a whole and continue to grow so that they you they can continue to make the music they want to make. They can continue chasing after their dreams and you can continue to enjoy the music and connect with them so positively like you do, which makes life so much better in the end. Right. And you, and you put it perfectly. I mean, it's really, it really helps us make decisions. That's, that's what it does. Um, so yeah, those are, you know, the really simple things that, that, you know, I think a lot oftentimes people aren't really aware of that they can do to just, which is just what you just said, just, you know, as simple as following a band and, and, you know, being engaging. And um, I mean, like I, oftentimes, you know, we'll put up a post about, you know, where do people want to see us play? We're asking that question for a reason. We're we're trying to determine, you know, where we want to go, where we can go. And so if people look at it but don't respond but want to see us, it doesn't really help us uh, in making a decision. It certainly doesn't help us, you know, get to wherever it is that mm -hmm. people want to see us. So, but yeah, social media, you know, uh, subscribing to, to emails on a band's, you know, website, all of these different ways, you know, help um you know determine a lot of the decisions made so yes you're you're absolutely 1000% correct on everything you just said and again this applies for bands of all sizes whether it's a band you absolutely love you've loved this band for 20 30 plus years or if it's a band that you're just getting into that's at that mid tier level that may have been around for 10 years and is finally starting to get some traction or your lo favorite local band that is just trying to break out because all of these bands that have come before them, all these bands that have succeeded, all these bands that are bigger, they've been in that spot where they were the small local band. They were the ones that had to claw and fight their way up and make those moves. And now it's something where, again, it's the best way to keep making sure that the music that you love stays alive today, supporting these bands. And what you said about when people post and when people and when bands post about, okay, where should we come? We're playing a tour. Where should we tour? If you look at the post, you know, you might be able to see as a band, you're going to be able to see, you know, how many people viewed it, but you're not going to be able to see, okay, they viewed it, but do they want me to come to that place or not that they're from? I don't know. But if you comment on it and you say, hey, come to come to Chicago, come to Milwaukee, come to Detroit, come to Columbus, Ohio, and all the people that always say, please come to Brazil, because there's always people that say, please come to Brazil. You keep doing that. What's going to happen is you're going to take a look at those analytics as a band and you're going to start seeing, okay, where do people want to see us? People are constantly voting for this spot or this spot or this spot. Why is Brazil half the pie chart? Because everyone in Brazil wants to go and see rock and metal. That's just the way it is. But yeah, or it's that way to track it. Or if we're talking to a venue in uh, New Jersey and, you know, a promoter tells our agent, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it'll do. I mean, at least we have, we have some information that we mm -hmm. can share with them, um, you know, with regard to playing that city that makes it make sense. So it also can sort of force the issue, uh, you know, a lot of times too, when 
there's information to back it up. That's that's really where we're at in, in this business. And quite frankly, have always been. I mean, even the music industry back in the day was was very much data driven. Um, you know, that's why record labels would have you, you know, sign up for the mailing list or they'd offer you, you know, 10 free CDs if you signed up mm-hmm. or they would do contests. What they really wanted was they wanted to be able to contact you directly to market directly whatever new bands that they were going to be putting out or whatever band that they knew that you liked was going to come out with a new album. They wanted to be able to access you. So it's the same game. Nothing's really changed. The only thing that's changed is the labels have kind of gone into the shadows a little bit. And now bands are more responsible for, you know, doing what labels did. And so this is part of it. A lot of this is, is getting data, finding where people are, where your fans are, you know, where things are happening and that sort of dictates what you do with your business, just like record labels did. And just like any other business does too, they're going to take a look at different metrics. They're going to take a look at the data to see how they're performing in certain areas, where they're succeeding, where they're lacking, what areas are they doing well in, what areas are they not succeeding in. They're going to use that data to get better. So bands have the availability to do that with the data they have on social media, on streaming services, email lists. So they're going to be able to, they're going to use that as well. So if you're in a band, that's something that you can absolutely use. If you're a local band, if you're if you're one of those smaller mid-tier bands, if you're one of the biggest bands in the world, you're going to use that in order to figure out where to play, why it's a good idea to play there. And when it comes to, especially the smaller, the mid-tier ones, when you're trying to book venues, now you have, again, some sort of data to present to them to say, this is why this is going to work here. Take a look. Correct. It's here. Yep. We have evidence. Evidence is key. You know, it's 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 really not hard. It's really 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 simple. You know, it's it's supply and demand, and uh, and that's it. That that's all it is. You increase the demand, the supply is going to be there. If you increase the again, I, I I studied economics. I know supply and demand curve. That's what I love to think about at outside of just music. And this is something that really is connected with me personally. Thinking about this and getting a further understanding of some of the things that the bands that I want to see succeed go through and ways that even I can continue to support these bands, even like continue to support them even further, much more than I am doing right now, whether it's, you know, after the podcast comes out, post about this stuff, liking their stuff and commenting on their stuff, doing more of that. Every time you see a pop-up, just put a like in there, just do some sort of interaction with that post to make sure that again, It's showing support to the band. They can use that information to better figure out where they're going to go to better succeed. And then they're going to stick around for a lot longer, make more music. And who's going to be, who's going to win in it? Everybody is. Everybody's going to win when there's more art out there. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Well, well, I know you got to get going. So I want to thank you for this podcast. And as we bring it to its conclusion, I always like to end this by giving my guest, which is you in this instance, a chance to say whatever you want to say, plug or even a plug, promote whatever promote at the end of the episode. So Will, the floor is yours. Uh, well, check out Unraveling if you haven't already. And, um, yeah, follow all our social medias, whatever you're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, really simple to find us. Everything is Earshot Band, whatever, facebook.com slash Earshot Band, Twitter, Earshot Band, Instagram, Earshot Band. Follow, like us. That's the best way to get us to wherever you want to see us. Perfectly said. Now it's having this podcast with three things. First things first, we had just talked about economic supply and demand and I studied economics. So what's another concept I know? Convenience is key. So when it comes to making sure you're following along with earshots, supporting them, 
Follow them on social media, follow them on YouTube, subscribe to their YouTube channel, sign up for email lists, buying their merch and streaming their music and listening to their music. Where's the best place to go and do that? Go to the description of the podcast where it says find Earshot online. You're going to see links for everything and labels for those links. So you know where you're going. All you have to do is click on that link. It'll take you right there to subscribe, like, follow, share, buy, stream, download, all that stuff. I'm doing all the hard work for you. Convenience is key. You're two clicks away from one of the best decisions of your life. Now it's time for number two. Well, whenever I've guessed in the podcast, I enjoy the podcast. I tend to make a certain promise a way to say thank you for being on the podcast. And I'd like to support the band further beyond this. This conversation is one that I've always t- kind of wanted to have in the back of my head in certain ways because yeah. of my love for the economic side of things. So this absolutely promise is going to be hit. It is not an if. It is a when I get to see you perform live for the first time. I'm going to do my best Liam Neeson from taking impersonation where I will look for you. I will pursue you. I will find you. I will come say hi to you. And the first round's on me. I like that. I like that. I like I it. I won't be in a leather jacket, though, like Liam Neeson. I'll probably be in some beat up, like, you know, cut off because I just got done beating the pit and I'm all sweaty. Like, what's up, man? First round's on Well, me. you never know. You know, your podcast might blow up between now and then. You can afford a leather jacket. You never know. Maybe. We'll see what happens. And well, maybe, as well, we... maybe, but then maybe you don't even want a leather jacket. I don't know. Who who knows? Maybe I'd actually look cool with one. You never know. I've never had one before, but it's the first time for everything. So as we bring this podcast to its official conclusion, I cannot end this by saying goodbye. That would be way too final. I made a promise to you and supporting the band any way I can. I got to make sure that happens. Just like we talked about to make sure you guys can continue to make the music you want to make and get the support you need. So this is not goodbye, my friend. This is I'll see you later. Well, as we say on the road, there are no goodbyes. Just I'll see you next time. Nice. Well, folks, that was my interview with Will from the band Earshot. Now it's time for Kevin's final thought. This is the episode I have always been wanting to do in terms of the content behind it, in terms of the conversation. And you guys know with this podcast, I never have an agenda. It's whatever the conversation is going to be is whatever it's going to be. And you guys have heard me talk about this plenty of times. When I went to college, I studied economics. That's something I've always been interested in. And being able to talk about the economics of touring, the economics of being in a band, the economics behind making music, going through the production process to put out a single and a whole entire album, and especially the difference pre-pandemic in 2019 versus today, and getting an understanding of how that is affecting bands, how that is affecting venues, how that's affecting us, how that is affecting so many people when it comes to the money, when it comes to just how much this costs and what you can do to support the band to make sure that they are continuing to come to your area. They're continuing to go on the road. They're continuing to make the music that you absolutely love and to make sure that you know, you're know you just going to continue on helping out this band. There are so many ways you can do it. And the reason why you can, there's ways you can do it you know, monetarily when it comes to going to their live shows, buying merch, <coughs> streaming their music. Of course, I can even as much music unless you, if you buy it, like a physical copy or download it, buy it, you know, MP3 style, like we were back in 2005. But that's ways you can do it that's going to be directly monetarily to them. Ways you can do it that's free that helps out is word of mouth. Talk to people in in person. Talk to your friends. Talk to people on social media about it. Promote the band that way. You know, like the band's posts. Comment on their posts as well. And the reason why that happens and why that works is because in today's world, in today's digital world, the analytics and the data that we have at our disposal, not only as people, not only as business, but that bands have as well, is incredibly large and continues to grow every single day. 
and they're able to use that data to better ID, better figure out where they're going to play on tour, if it's possible for them to make the album that they absolutely want to make, produce the song they want to produce, and go forward with it. It allows them to have that ability, and you want to make sure that you know your favorite bands have that ability. So continue to support the band in all the ways you can, both free and monetarily. Helps these bands and know that the demand is there for them to go out to play live music, for you to go and see them play live, to have those experiences, to continue to have the positive emotions that it is when it comes to music. I want to see my favorite bands do it. I want to see all the bands I've had on the podcast, and I want to see your bands do it as well if you're in a band. So continue to make sure you rewatch this podcast. Check it out once again. Really get to understand the ideas behind the economics of what Will was talking about, and really Put that into your band and put that in your plan because it will help lead you to success. So make sure you're following along with Earshot. Go to the description of the podcast where it says find Earshot online. Links and labels for all their socials where you can stream their music, buy their music, download their music, buy their merch, where you can find them, play live is all there. So go and follow along with them. Subscribe, buy, subscribe, uh, stream, all that good stuff. Make sure you also follow along with us on the Corporate Rush Podcast so we know you want to have more of these episodes as well. We're primarily on Facebook and Instagram for your viewing and you know so social connecting pleasure. Send us a message on those, comment on our stuff. I'm the one that answers all that stuff so you're not going to you know get anybody else talking to you but me. On top of that, make sure you're also subscribing to the podcast. So hit that subscribe button if you're here on YouTube and hit that like button so it helps us out in the algorithm as well so that we can get pushed further, you can get more of these episodes and we can continue down the dream even as we're 400 episodes into this bad boy. 400 plus episodes, I should say. Also, make sure you're following along and hit that subscribe button if you're listening on Spotify Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Amazon. And all the links for everything in the description of the podcast, you want to check all that out. Also, thank you to Phoenix Fitness. Remember, 20% is code CPU20 at FNXSets.com. Link description of the podcast. Thank you, Will. I will definitely be back on the podcast because this was a conversation I've always been wanting to have. And I hope a lot of people really understand what it's like to be in a band and the fact that music is a business. On that note, that's your today, guys. Thank you for watching listening to the Card Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one. This is a big, healthy, and hearty. See y'all!